0: Lottie. This is my pen. This is my friend, Kim. How are you? Sister Lottie. Yeah. Uh, think, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. Nice to meet you, i the is Yeah. Yeah. got I've got two web pages so I had to share it with the other one okay we're gonna start so we're glad you're here today and uh, we it's always nice to have a visitor we don't have a huge congregation but we got a huge one out over the internet so there's about 5,000 people on this page but they're not all watching <laughs> But I'm believing there will be a day that all 5,000 watch, you know, it'll be cool. But there's other people out there to watch too. A lot of people are on live right now. So it's really nice to have a resource that, you know, if you have a belief system and there's no church that's teaching it, it's really hard to sit under a teaching that's teaching contrary to what you understand. And so I'm, like I said, I'm very thankful that we have internet and I'm thankful that there's people like Dr. Kay Fairchild, Dr. Dr. Bill, several different people out there that are really teaching tremendous truth. And uh, if you haven't done so yet, they're starting uh, to do interviews. You said you saw one, didn't you? I think that where they, interview, they interviewed me, Dr. Bill interviewed me, I thought you said you did. But there's a, they're doing interviews and then also they're having three or four different ministers on there answering questions and everything on Facebook. So you can find them because I share them on my Facebook page a lot. So. Uh, If you wasn't here last week, I always say I encourage you to catch up. If you wasn't here the last four or five weeks, I encourage you to catch up. You know, because sometimes people miss out on uh, an explanation of something, and I just make the statement and I don't explain it because I already did. But we are on YouTube and we're all over Facebook, so you can catch up on that. But right now I'm teaching on a subject that I call the eye of the mind, and the Bible talks about the mind of Christ all the time, and people think that that's Jesus, but. Uh, John said, or Peter said, let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus. So he's talking about our Holy Spirit, you know, because God is spirit and the mind is spirit. So he was saying, let that be in you. You already have it, but it needs to be. It needs to be experienced. We need to, we, we've spent most of our life experiencing our conscious awareness or what's in our subconscious. And our subconscious can have a lot of wrong information. It can have memories of things that happened to us or memories of things that we did. And that's why Paul said when he would do good, he would do evil. In other words, restless things, because he said there's sin in my members. And he's talking about his subconscious. There's wrong information. And then the conscious awareness is of what we see on the out, outside of the world. But the, the truth is, and I'm going to share a lot with this today, and it's going to be a f- not a long time, but fairly long. I've got a lot to share today. But the truth is, what well, we've allowed our eyes to see things physically and not see through the Spirit. The Spirit, our Holy Spirit, when we see things, we see things the way they are, right? God says that he sees the end from the beginning. So he sees us today the way we were created in the very beginning. But do we see ourselves that way? No, we don't. <laughs> we see ourselves by what people have said about us or what we think about ourselves, and those things aren't true. And so we're striving to get to the place where everything we do, we see through our spirit eye. And that's what I mean, the, 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 the eye of wisdom, and we're talking about wisdom. So I'm gonna back up just a little bit and say what I ended up with last week. We have a choice. We can live this life, and we can be a prisoner of wisdom, which is our Holy Spirit. The Bible sometimes uses it as a she, as a part of us, but we can live out of our spirit, our Holy Spirit, or we could be prisoners, uh, prisoners to unlicensed liberty. In other words, just do whatever we want. And it's uh, and when we do whatever we want, and we, when we go after sensual pleasure and things to satisfy the outward man, then there are consequences to that. And they're not judgment. They're not punishment. God's not a God that's going to punish us someday or punish us for what we do or what we don't do. but there But there are consequences. And so if we live by the flesh, which is the law of doing to be, and if we believe in a law that if we, if we do this, we're blessed, and if we don't do this, we're punished, then all of our life we experience times of blessings and times of punishment, and it just goes back and forth. And who do we blame it on? God. We always blame it on God. So unlicensed liberty is human-minded emotions, if you would. Uh, one can be an offense rather than a defense of the gospel. We Even the most enlightened people need discipline, and so we can progress spiritually. And that's what we want to do is we want to progress spiritually. And most of the time we don't want discipline. I mean, one of them is eating, right? <laughs> I, I know I need to be eating right. I've got this disease that's inside of me that's, that's doing things to my body and it's causing inflammation. But I'm also, I don't feel good. So what do you do when you don't feel good? And when you sit a lot and you watch TV or whatever it is, you, you get hungry and you want to eat. And so we need discipline in many areas of our life. It's called comfort food. Comfort food, that's right. That's what Donna calls it, comfort. And we comforted ourselves last night. We had a little bowl of ice cream, and it really made us feel good. <laughs> so, uh, But we do need discipline. Because if we don't, then, then our, body, our body or our conscious awareness, whatever it is, we're going to continue down that path of destruction, which is not life. We have life, right? We're full of life. But we, we we are contrary sometimes. We are anti-life in what we do in our life. So if man's free, freedom causes one to flow out of their Holy Spirit, then he is free indeed. And when, we, and when we can listen to the voice of Spirit and we let our Holy Spirit, and I'm talking about God, because God is Spirit. When we let uh, our Holy Spirit guide, and then what happens? Father flows in us, not necessarily with us. We want God to go wherever we go, right? Haven't our prayers been that way before? And we want God to bless what we want to do. But the truth is, it's in us that God lives and moves and has his being. And if we will, and Paul said, let this, I mean, Peter said, let this same mind be in you. And Paul over and over talked about let, then he talked about putting on and taking off. And what he was talking about is put on the mind of Christ, as though you would put on your clothing, put on this awareness. And so, when you do that, then that is what removes what's fu- what's not functioning properly in our life. And what we did is, we thought we had to fix ourselves first, then we could live out of our spirit. But that's not true. So the light of the glory of our Holy Spirit is in us, and it releases the power to bring forth substance. That the very word of life, the very inner part of our being, is God, as the Bible says, He created us. How did he create us? He created us in his image. He created us to be just like him in the earth. Mm -hmm. And it was man, again, that fed from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because that's what that means when he said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the word tree always means people. The Bible says that we are trees of what? Of righteousness. We're trees of righteousness. So he wanted us to feed on righteousness, not the knowledge of good and evil. So when Mm -hmm. man did that, they identified with it and they self-condemned themselves. And so that's what happened there. So when the same spirit that was in and lived out of by Jesus during his earth walk possesses our conscious awareness, then we can fully release that which has been released in us. When Jesus came again, he didn't come to make us right. He came to reveal to us that we already were right. Man was living in a mistaken identity, and man became a slave to the law of doing to be, and we've all been there. We've all grown up in Baptist churches, Methodist churches, Catholic churches, Pentecostal Holiness churches. I mean, there's over 4,000, or somebody the other day said 40,000 religions, and I can see that because there's first Baptist, second Baptist, <laughs> third Baptist, right? You know, I always think that's so funny because the reason we do that is because we want to be different, and we want to be the ones that are right. I've never gone to a religious system where they felt that they were the ones that were right and we were wrong right? What? I've never been to a religious system, to a church where they didn't feel like they were the ones that were right. Yeah. They had it right. You know, we feel that way too. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I know everything, but I know a whole lot. But what I'm happy about is we've been freed from religion and we've been really brought to the place where God wants us to live out of him. And Jesus didn't come to bring a religion. Did you know that? You know, people think Christianity is what Jesus came to do and he didn't come to necessarily destroy the, uh, the uh, Jewish religion so he can start another religion. Jesus came to reveal life. Jesus came to reveal to us how God created us to rule and reign over this earth and he said, what did he say? He gave us dominion. Mm-hmm. So the fact is we don't have to take dominion and I use this word wrong, but we just go about our life dominion and everything. Actually, when you look it up, it says we are masters of this earth and we are to, I was reading a book yesterday and I was very impressed. It was printed probably 20, 30 years ago and they made this comment about how we are to master this earth and to be the masters of it. So if you've been, let's say your job that you were in and you're an engineer and you were to go into this particular place and you were to be the master of that place you were to make sure it's functioning right and make sure everybody's doing right and they know what you're supposed to do and you didn't feel worthy to do that and so you had that job but you just didn't go about mastering what would happen to that place. It would fall apart because it was your job. And I'm reminded when I went to work for Bob Mills Furniture, I was the general manager. Uh, For two or three weeks or four weeks, I was very uncomfortable with that. I was afraid to master it if you would. I was afraid to go forth and be the general manager And Bob recognized that, so he took me into his office one day and he sat me down and he said, Roy, I need you to understand something. I hired you to be the general manager here. I hired you to make decisions because you have a lot of wisdom and understanding in the furniture industry. You've been doing it for 17 years or 16 or whatever. And I want you to go out there and be comfortable in doing what you're supposed to do. Because if you don't, your employees aren't going to respect you and the customers aren't going to respect you. I want you to make decisions. And he said, I will never, ever uh, not back you up. Now, if you make a wrong decision, you and I will sit in my office and we'll discuss it and say, maybe next time it's better to do it this way. But I want you to know that you are my general manager and you speak on my behalf. And so I started doing that and we became very successful. I helped and my team helped bring him to selling $300,000 a month to within a year and a half, a million a month. And then they built that beautiful place. And It wasn't just me, it was a team but I had to know my position. And see, that's what Jesus was here to tell us. And that's then what he used the apostle Paul and John and many other teachers to explain to us who we are. And there's this great lie that we believed all of our life that we're just a bunch of sinners, correct? Mm -hmm. You know, and I share this all the time. Tell me your first name again, I'm sorry. Ken. Ken, let's go (laughs) with Ken. Ken. (laughs) But the, the, the first thing that the church system taught us is that we were sinners. Is that not right? They taught us we were sinners. And then some churches you don't get saved but you do other things. But even after that, you're still a sinner saved by grace. And that just never, I, didn't, I never understood that very well. And so what we need to do is let the light of the glory of our spirit in us release this light to us, this substance to us. And when the Apostle Paul, what he did he, he was brought before Roman leaders, and they were going to really beat him. They were going to punish him. And he told them, I'm a free citizen. I was free born. And what he was saying is, I'm a Roman, and I was free born, and you can't do this to me. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They didn't. They turned him back over to the Jews. And so what we've got to realize is we were free born. They can't tell you that you're a sinner. They can't tell you that you're not righteous. They can't tell you that you're holy. but, But if you don't know that you were free born, then you let them. And that's what we did. We let them tell us all these religious lies that kept us under the control of the religious leaders. And just like I say, there's five systems in this earth, major systems. There's the political, there's the religious, there's the financial, the medical, and the social. And all five of those systems use fear to control us to get our money. And they all tell, I mean, you can watch TV all day long, and all you see is, is commercials about medicine. And they're suggesting you to go to the doctor and say, I think I have this. Can you get me this medicine? They're just selling medicine. The financial industry does the same thing. And they're lying to us right now. We used to be able to get 10 12% on our money. Now they bring you in there and say, listen, if you'll put $20,000 in a CD for so many months, we'll give you 1% interest. And we think that's great. That's about 11 cents. Yeah, but, but, but have you noticed lately when you drive around and look at these banks, they're unbelievably beautiful. They're almost like mansions. They are making money, and, and they are. They're taking our money, and they're loaning it out at a really high interest, and they're paying us nothing, so they're lying to us. The medical industry, and I appreciate them, but this, the medicine's not going to do most of the time what they say it's going to do, and they know it, but that's all they know to do. It's just like what they've done for me. All they know to do is give me prednisone, tamoxifen, everything has a side effect to it. And the prednisone created big old cataracts in my eyes now. You know, so I, we don't want to be enslaved to those systems. When I came out of my mother's womb, I was holy and righteous and you were too. Yes. Now, did we do some wrong things? Yes, but it's because we weren't taught the truth. We were never taught who we are. And so we lived in poverty all of our life. And, you know, I'm not talking about just you may have a beautiful home, but I'm talking about poverty minded. Jesus said you will always have the poor among you. And he wasn't talking about people that didn't have money. He was talking about people who were poverty minded. And if you're raised in a poverty minded home and you continue to live as in poverty, you will be in poverty all the days of your life because you won't know who you are. And that's my goal is to teach people who they are. So when we came forth from our mother's womb, we were born free. And we came, we came not just from her womb, but we came from the heavenly. We came from the very spirit of God. Yes. As I've said several times, science has discovered today that when sperm hits the an egg and penetrates it, there's a spark of light that takes place. They they say it's a, a fireworks explosion that takes place. I believe that's the very spirit of yes. God because the Bible says God is light yes. and says we are light, yes. amen? amen? So since we're called to live free, we cannot be in servitude to any man-made movements. And I'm not saying, I'm not against Christianity, I, I, uh, but I just don't say that I'm a Christian because currently, Christianity, Christianity are, has a lot of different understandings and there are a lot of different religions and Christianity makes differences. I mean, how many times has somebody come to you, what church do you go to? What denomination do you go to? Well, what does that matter? They're looking for a difference. Oh, you're a Baptist. Oh, oh, you're Pentecostal holiness. Oh, yeah, you're wrong, you know? And I'm just trying to get a point across here. We don't want to be a servitude to that. John 8:36, Jesus said that what he taught and did liberated man from all religious bondages. And again, what does a man-made religion mean? It's a Latin and a Greek word, which means to bind and hold back. All my life in church, I was bound up and I was held back because I always felt less than. I never could meet the rules. I never could meet the regulations. If I did those, then they made another one. And see, that's what Jesus was doing with that rich young ruler that came to him. And he said, I've obeyed all the law, everything he hadn't. But he said, I obeyed all the law. What must I do to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Well, Jesus knew that he believed it was by a law, so Jesus just added another law to it. If you're going to keep the law, he said, then go sell all you have and give to the poor. He knew he couldn't do it, and he didn't really want him to do it, but he wanted to realize it's not by the law. You're already in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy, and it's found in your Holy Spirit. You don't have to have a man tell you that. You have to in the beginning, but there comes a time that you can tap into the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and realize that you're righteous right now, and you always were. And when you know that you're righteous, that's where true peace and joy comes from. It doesn't come from getting a star from bringing somebody to church today, but you're going to get one, (laughs) Norman. I promise you. When we go out to eat, if you go with us, I'll buy you a dessert. (laughs) I've been in the church all my life. Have you? I'm on Narcy. You're what? Roman Catholic. Yeah. I was brought up there. Yeah. Two aunts that are nuns. Two uncles that are missionaries. Yeah. So I've been there. Yeah. And they've talked to me many times. Yep. Yeah, I know. I understand. We have too. So, so what happens? Jesus wanted us to embrace what he taught, to embrace what he taught, but people couldn't do that at that time because they were totally bankrupt. When Jesus came. People were diseased, they were poor-minded. All they needed, they, they wanted bread, they wanted fish, they wanted, they wanted to pay their taxes, and, you know, and he provided money in that fish form. Was, they couldn't hear anything. Even the disciples, they had this wrong perception of what he came for, and they thought he was going to set up his kingdom right then, and they were going to get to rule and reign with him, and he would be king of this earth. And that's why he had to leave, because he, he knew that if he stayed, people would just keep coming to worship him. And see, and I say this all the time, people say, well, Roy, if you believe everything you teach and and all this stuff you've taught since 1988, why are you sick? Well, first of all, I'm not the example. And if I was never sick and I never lacked and I walked in perfect, whatever, everything there is as a God man, people would come to me, wouldn't they? they? They would want me to lay hands on them and heal them like they did Jesus. They would want a miracle all the time. But that's not what Jesus wanted. Jesus wanted us to live out of who we are. And so I believe there's a corporate body that's coming together that has understanding in different areas. And when we all get together, how happy we're going to (laughs) be. You know, Kay Fairchild has a tremendous understanding of God, her health. I mean, she went through years and years and years of surgeries and remo- removing part of her body and you're going to die, you're going to die. And she, she she, had this revelation that God's her health and she yes. got through that. Yes. And I have a revelation and Donna has learned to have the same revelation I had. We, believe, we We walk in divine provision. We know that we will never lack for money the rest of our life. We don't depend on how much is in our checking account or what we have. We just know if it needs to be there, it'll be there. And if it doesn't, it won't. Uh, The last two days, 500-something dollars just came to us. Somebody come and visit us yesterday and handed us some money, and somebody else sent someone on on the internet. But you know what? That doesn't happen every day. But we've got to this point that we don't think about need whatsoever because the Bible said that we have all things already that pertains to spiritual life and physical life. It's just all there. But if if you live in a need mentality, then you drive that away from you. You become anti what is yours. So Jesus revealed this gift uh, uh, that was given to man from the very foundation of the world. Again, he did not come to give us anything. He came to reveal something. He came not. He didn't come to make all things new. He came to make us aware that we already had newness of life. It's in us already and it belongs to us. And so what happened is the, this, the way we're supposed to live on this planet literally is in bliss, if you would. Bliss, I mean, and, and joy and happiness and see the beauty of the planet. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But what we've done is we've wrongly sought a paradise that we already have. We thought it was going to be a place called heaven someday that we're going to go to. But if I die and my body ceases to be able to hold me, I'm just going to wake up to where I already am. It's a spiritual realm. It's not a physical realm. And I believe that I've talked to people about this all the time. I believe our loved ones have bodies. I believe they're supernatural, the way they were created to be. I think they're glorified bodies. I think they can step out of the realm of spirit and we can see them because I've been in the funeral industry for 22 years and I've had hundreds of people tell me how they see their loved ones, they feel their loved ones, they smell their loved ones. You know, my mom was laying in bed one day and she said, dad laid down right next to her for a long time. And she said, I literally felt the hair on his arms next to me. And it brought a great peace to her. And then mom fell asleep. And I've had other people tell me how they see their loved ones. I have some people tell me they don't see them. And I just say, well, maybe you don't have that need. But some people do. So we we have wrongly sought what we already had. That's, that's what's really sad. We have wrongly sought to be Uh, the glory of God when we already are the glory of God. So we're not trying to teach people to do something to get something. We're teaching them, and we're not teaching do to be. We're teaching to wake up to who you are. Who was that lion and the lion king, what was it called, where the the animal went up and slapped him and he was looking into the water and said you don't know who you are? And he was the king. But he he lived in a far lower awareness that he was the king of the jungle. And do you remember that, Donna? I forget the name of it. But this is what Paul wrote. And I translate the Bible from the Greek and the Hebrew, so this doesn't line up with what the King James says. But in Romans 6.16, he said, Have you, haven't you become aware that when you sought to listen to and obey the Mosaic law, you became servants to every jot and tittle of it. And you allowed yourself to become prey to the never-ending reliance upon its dead works of righteousness in your life, and the death it inflicts. And see, that could be said to us. Because whatever church we join, or whatever church or denomination we were raised in, then we became a servant to that law, every jot and tittle. Yes. And you had to do what they had to do. I grew up Pentecostal holders for 10 years, and it was mainly all about the outward appearance. You had to, the men had to have their hair cut like this, and they wore white short sleeve shirts and your hair weighed like this. Women had to have long, long hair. couldn't cut it, huh? no makeup, no jewelry. It was all about the outward, and you became a slave to that. Mm -hmm. So much so that when people came in not like that, they were treated like harlots. And I can tell you lots of stories where that happened. And then he said, what do you prefer? Laws and dead works of righteousness, which produces nothing except a state of death and hopelessness and an ever spiraling spiritual death? Or do you choose to intelligently listen to my voice of wisdom? And that's what the word obey means. Obey me and the Hebrew means to listen with intelligence and to be able to speak that which is said. If you listen to me today with intelligence and I give you a test, you'll be able to answer it. <laughs> no, you won't. Don't do that. I have a pastor friend that I love very much, John Cahill. You remember John? And every time I would call him, because I transcribed his sermons for him, and I would call him and say, man, this one was so good. And he'd say, tell me 10 things that you learned about it. You know, and, <laughs> and, and so people, people would uh, come up to him after church and talk about how much they liked it. And he said, what were the main three things? Because he wanted to know if they learned. And I know why he said that, but don't do that. <laughs>